Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. They were there, and that's, that's really, today is a tough day for anybody who's in the military or related to anyone in the military. <clears throat> um, I'm just getting over being sick. And uh, sometimes at the end of being sick, you feel sicker than you did ever before. But I'm just going to kind of barrel through this. But um, I've been reading a lot about whether or not we're in more trouble than we even imagined in terms of this war. And by this war, uh, you know, pick a, pick a place. There's a war going on in the Middle East. There's a war going on in various parts of the world right now. And there's a war going on in this country, a war of good against evil. But I get really nervous when I see stories coming out of the media that think um, the Kremlin is starting to rattle sabers, saying that U.S. airstrikes in Syria are very bad. And, you know, the, the, the reality is we have no idea what's going to happen tonight in Gaza. What we do know is that the IDF has expanded their ground operations, and they ain't playing. When you have 1,400 citizens murdered and more than 5,000 wounded, and you've got 229 hostages being held captive in Gaza, as far as you know, we don't know how many of them are still alive, they're not backing down. They can't back down. This is all there is, is war now. And the idea that the Department of Defense has mobilized troops should tell you everything you need to know about what our role is going to be. We are definitely preparing ourselves for war. That's all. And if you're a member of the military, the United States military, or the IDF, that's your reality today. That as they step up the ground operation in Gaza and as the U.S. deploys troops. Look, the Iranian government has financed a bunch of terrorists who have now attacked American soldiers, 21 American soldiers injured. As weak as this administration is, they cannot be held accountable for responding. War is hell. And while it would be nice if there was a pause and we could get humanitarian aid and all of that stuff, what is Israel supposed to do when Hezbollah guerrillas are attacking them from the north and Gaza is hiding, or, or the Hamas is hiding behind the Gazan citizens 
the United States can say whatever they want. They can say, oh, yeah, we need a pause in the military operations and we got to get humanitarian aid and fuel and electricity into the civilians there. But guess what? There's no stomach for that in the Knesset. There's no stomach for that in the population. Everybody knows somebody who was directly affected in Israel by the terrorists. So that's, uh, that's the bottom line. Notice that very little is being spoken about Ukraine. I did see a, a Department of Defense report where the secretary had a conversation with some of the leadership in the Ukraine, but it takes a back seat right now to everything else. There was an ex-Ukrainian lawmaker who uh, bit the, the bullet. U.S. troops bring down drones near Iraq base. U.S. says this is a perilous moment in the war. And today, the Department of Defense, or actually it was yesterday, released their annual report on suicide in the military for the calendar year 2022. As part of Secretary Austin's wide-reaching efforts to prevent suicide, including the establishment of the Suicide Prevention and Response Independent Review Committee, another committee, he recently approved a campaign plan in September of 2023 with five lines of effort and multiple enabling tasks to strengthen the department's suicide prevention strategy, which includes over 100 actions. Let me remind you that when my daughter was at the VA hospital as a neuropsychiatrist, she felt she couldn't work there any longer because they had no plan for dealing with suicide. And that was during the Obama administration. Every death by suicide is a tragedy. And yet, when you look at this data, we're not doing very well. The active component suicide rates have increased since 2011, and it's 3% higher in 2022 than it was in 2021. But both of those years, at least, were lower than 2020. For the Reserve and the National Guard, it seems about the same. But for military family members, there's a significant change. We're talking about not just service members, but members of their family who are being counted in these military suicide rates. And when you account for age and sex differences, it's not good news. 168 family members died by suicide, including 114 spouses and 54 dependents. I don't know what that means. But we better find out. Service members and their family members and veterans who are in crisis or having thoughts of suicide, where do they turn? Well, there is a, a veterans military crisis line that's supposed to be available 24 hours a day, except that when you dial it, you don't always get through. This is just a, a travesty. If we cannot take care of our veterans and we cannot take care of active military members, and we're having all this trouble recruiting into our armed forces, I'm looking at the volume of 
commercials now airing for join the Navy, join the Marines, join the Army, join the Air Force. I've never seen this many commercials in my life. They realize that they, they don't have a standing army that's capable of handling all of the fronts that may open up in the next, I don't know, month, six months. It's a pretty, pretty nerve-wracking time. And all I can say is I am so proud of the men and women who serve in this country's military because they do it no matter who's in the White House. They do it no matter what the danger is. But they ought to be treated right. Today, the Department of Defense announced that they are pursuing a modern variant of the B-61 nuclear gravity bomb designated the B-61-13 pending congressional authorization and appropriation. The Department of Energy's National Nuclear Security Administration, did you even know we had that, would produce the B-61-13. The decision to pursue this was undertaken in close collaboration with that agency in response to the demands of a rapidly evolving security environment as described in the 2022 Nuclear Posture Review. Today's announcement is reflective of a changing security environment and growing threats from potential adversaries. The U.S. has a responsibility to continue to assess and field the capabilities we need to credibly deter and, if necessary, respond to strategic attacks and assure our allies. It's not just me. It's not just you know, radio talk show hosts like uh, Dan Bongino, it's not just us anymore. Now you're hearing from the military and the Secretary of Defense himself saying, like, this is a very dangerous environment and it's quickly changing and it's just becoming more dangerous by the moment. And we have a depleted military. No fault to the military. Well, fault to the leadership of the military. When you spend all your time trying to uh, you know, put diversity and equity and inclusion above readiness, this is what happens. And I've been saying this for quite some time, but now it's all coming home. Now people understand that you can't play with your military. It's not a social engineering experiment. It's supposed to be a prepared force to fight wars. And the purpose of fighting wars is to kill people and win. I'm sorry. You know, when I sit here and look at how, you know, the, all the media wants to tell me is about how the people in the Gaza Strip are scrounging for food and water. Well, meanwhile, Hamas has tons of food and water, tons of supplies. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the released hostages talked about how they had cream cheese. They were giving the prisoners or the, the hostages cream cheese and cucumber sandwiches. But the Gazans are scrounging for food and water. What does that tell you about Hamas? These are monsters. And they basically, if they're not wiped out, the monstrosity will grow. And now, of course, you have all these uh, you know, suddenly everybody's waking up to things that talk radio has been talking about for years. You know, well, this crypto money really scares us. You know, crypto, they use that crypto to finance terrorism. Oh, really? The feds just figured that out? 
I first talked about that five years ago when we were talking about these cryptocurrencies. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, it's probably going to open up a whole lot of financing for terror groups. Well, today, the secretary of the uh, U.S. Deputy Treasury Secretary, Wally Adeyemo, said cryptocurrency firms better not use their platforms to finance terrorist organizations. Or what, Wally? You know, he's making speeches at London's Royal United Services Institute, which is a foreign policy think tank. He's making speeches, and they're financing Qatar and, and Doha and all of these, you know, uh, overly moneyed funders of Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, Hamas, all of them. They're just channeling and funneling money. They definitely funded the deadly massacre in Israel. You know, so they put sanctions on 10 Hamas members. What? You know, we're so behind the eight ball. We're so late to everything. You should be scared. When I come back from this break, I want to talk about how I am really adamant, adamant now that everybody in this country needs to become proficient at taking care of themselves. There's not going to be anybody to protect you. You need to understand that. Don't forget to download the app, the 850 app. At least that way you get news alerts. And of course, you can listen to all the No Restraint podcasts. You can listen to Bill Adams' podcast and Stephen Diener's best-selling podcast, the UAP, and and everything else. Pod, you, know, you can listen to today's show. If you can't stay for the whole show, you can listen to it later. I will be talking to Derek at the end because I, I can't go out at the end of this week without something somewhat frivolous because it's been such a fraught with peril week. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We can pretend it's not happening, but it is happening. And I'm, I read an article today, I think this morning, by John Potteritz in uh, the New York Post. And he talked about how in New York, in New York, okay, my hometown, they're telling Jews to hide. I'm not kidding. This, this is unbelievable. A day after a bunch of Jewish college kids had to barricade themselves inside a library at Cooper Union in the middle of Greenwich Village, okay, while a mob of these disgusting terrorist lovers were banging on the locked doors trying to get at them, now they're telling Jews, stay home tomorrow on the Sabbath, stay inside, lock the doors, because there's a pro-Palestinian protest scheduled for 3 p.m. in front of the Brooklyn Museum, which is one mile away from the headquarters of the largest ultra-Orthodox sect in the world, the Lubavitch Hasidim. So 20,000 observant Jews live around there. It's, the neighborhood is called Crown Heights, right? And they're being told to avoid their neighborhood, their own area. And there's an organization which I, I absolutely loved. It's called the Shmila, the, the Self-Defense Association. It's not quite the JDL, but it'll have to do. 
And they're saying, well, we don't have any actual intel. However, stay away from Eastern Parkway. Take your kippahs off. Keep your kids indoors. What is this? 1939 in Germany? So, you know, on the Sabbath, observant Jews don't use electricity. They don't use vehicles. They don't use any screens, no phones, no uh, computers. And they go for a walk. Not this weekend. Oh, no. Can't go because the mob might come and get you. If you're a Jew, you got to stay inside in New York. How could that be? This is a repeat of 1991, that day that, that the, in Crown Heights, when there was a three-day anti-Jewish riot because of some automobile accident that uh, took the life of a seven-year-old black kid. He was hit by a car being driven by a Hasidic Jew. Uh, 38 Jews got beaten. Seven Jewish-owned businesses were looted and burned to the ground. Let's go get a Jew, the mob chanted, and then they did. They murdered a, 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 an Australian doctoral student named Yonkel Rosenbaum, stabbed him, and smashed his skull in. So at Cooper Union in Greenwich Village, the kids barricading themselves inside for their own safety. <laughs> Who can blame them? They heard taunts, and, and they knew, as every Jew knows, down to their marrow, that at any moment they could be Yonkel Rosenbaum. Why do you think the marchers are meeting near Crown Heights anyway? This is why. They're not calling for a ceasefire. They're not advocating for the Palestinian people. They want to make known what we should have learned on October 7th. There will be no peace. There will be no security for any Jew anywhere in the world if they get their way. And if you're counting on the New York Police Department to protect them, they didn't in 1991. Cops did almost nothing. They just stood by because a stupid mayor and his spineless police commissioner, unless that is, they tried to intervene to help people and were beaten themselves. More than 100 police officers got injured during that pogrom. And in the end, thousands of cops were finally committed to the effort and the riot ended. So did the mayor's career. So now Jews have to stay inside, like Anne Frank, who was trapped for two years in an attic, because any outdoor public breath would mean capture and death, and captured anyway because someone in the house below the attic ratted on the Frank family. Stay inside. Remember the movie The Pianist with Adrian Brody? He didn't talk to another person for more than a year as he remained silent and all but motionless in a room in Warsaw after his family was deported to and slaughtered at Treblinka. Did you ever, in, in my 70 years, almost 70 years of life, I always thought the Jewish people would be safe in America. And New York? New York's the most Jewish city in the world outside of Tel Aviv. But now the Jews are being told they better hide. I'm terrified. I am. I know that just by virtue of my last name, which I have continued to use for these years, even though I'm married with a different name, I started my career with this, with Kaufman, and I've stuck with it. And for the first time in my life, I really don't want to be called by that name. 
how horrifying is this? You know, I, I just want to shake the people who haven't figured this out yet. If you're a Jew and you think this is okay, you better wake up before it's too late. And as I said before, if you're not armed, and I don't just mean you have a gun, if you don't know how to use it and you haven't got a plan for what you're going to do, if things get much worse, and they don't have to get that much worse, you better start training now. This is a completely unsolicited support for Gun World of South Florida. You need to be trained. You need to be armed. And you need to be prepared. And if you're not, don't come here looking for me to protect you. I gave you ample notice and plenty of warning. So did, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh years ago. So did Dan Bongino just today. If you are not preparing yourself for what could be a terrifying period in history, why aren't you? How much does it take? How much evil do you have to look at before you realize that you are in the crosshairs? From the river to the sea, they want to kill all the Jews and eliminate Israel. And you're still sitting here talking about justice for Palestine? I got your justice for Palestine. It's at the end of a bullet. Let me take a, a break. I'll be right back. Well, like everybody else, I've been uh, trying to avoid uh, being marinated in all of the bad news. But it, it's just impossible. Everywhere I turn... And then all the predictable nonsense that I just, for the life of me, I can't understand. You have just people who are, they don't get it. You know, they're acting as if it's a shock to them that, that oh, you know, there's anti-Semitic graffiti being spray painted at some Beverly Hills apartment complex. I don't even know what to say to my, my children who continue to tell me that it's not that bad and it's going to be okay. You know, I, I don't know how they can think that. It, it may not be okay ever again. And that's why when you look at the, the deniers out there, the people who are literally denying that this is about Jew hatred, still talking about Zionism and all of this uh, nonsense. It's not about, it's not about land. If you think it's about land, think again. This is about the hatred of an entire race of people or an ethnicity at the very least. How can you deny that? Why would you deny that? Can you imagine if, if this were happening to any other minority group? I mean, all the press could say when Russia invaded the Ukraine was, oh my gosh, we have to do something. We have to help the Ukrainians. Doesn't matter how much money we have to send over there. Just keep sending it. Doesn't matter if they're oligarchs and not really a democracy. None of that matters because we have to do this. 
But then our ally in the Middle East, our really our only true ally in the Middle East, and by the way, a true democracy in every sense of the word, is attacked by terrorists and the media is falling over itself, throwing Palestinian support rallies, excusing the terrifying of students in a college in New York. It's just so vile to me. And and just to see how, you know, they're still, they're still arguing that it's okay. It's not, it's not the Democrat Party. Really. It is the Democrat Party. I'm going to have uh, Andrew Gutman on next week. You know, he's a, a guy who was a New York Democrat, you know, uh, Jewish, probably all his life, grew up like me in a in a uh, yellow dog Democrat Democrat home. You know, the old Democrat Party, the one that like my father remembers with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But you see, Franklin uh, was was then. What it is now is Rashida Talib, and you've got a party that has people like Rashida Talib and AOC and Cori Bush, and, and all of these anti-Jewish people in it. And what are the moderate Democrats? What are they going to say? Are they willing to turn away from... Forget whether you like Jews or not. How do you take the side of terrorists over anybody? When did it become okay to slaughter women and children, innocent women and children? When did it become okay to paraglide in and just start shooting everybody in sight? Unarmed civilians, babies. When was that, what, what, when was that deemed okay? What, when did they say, and once somebody does that, you should protest on their behalves? And that, and you should, uh, you you should take the side of the terrorist. Now, the political power of the people in the Democrat Party is all in the hands of the radicals now. Obviously, you know my uh, my congressman uh, Jared Moskowitz and and Debbie Wasserman Schultz and and Lois Frankel. What are you doing in that party? Do you not understand that they hate you? Maybe you don't want to be a Republican, but how could you be in that party? How could you defend the comments that were made by Ilhan Omar? It's all about the Benjamins, baby. And as for Mr. Biden, you know, it wouldn't take much of a slip in support from black voters who are walking away from him and from Jewish voters. You know, Jexit is going to cost Biden. His margin of victory in key battleground states was a, a couple of thousand votes, hardly enough to spare a significant drop-off from young voters or old voters. So, so now the young Democrats are mad at Biden because he supports Israel, and the old Democrats are mad at Biden because he's not supporting Israel vo <laughs> vociferously enough. 
you can't you can't tell me that this isn't the beginning of a truly monumental shift in this country. When I watched the news yesterday of all of these people in Maine who have been terrorized by a lone wolf and all they want to talk about is the gun and his mental health. Well, I got news for you. Maine, uh, the people who live in Maine, they're not handing over their guns, nor should anyone in America because we are on the brink of war on so many levels. So again, I mean this. You must protect yourself and you must protect your family because we've got an administration that is absolutely clueless and doesn't know how to respond. You know, I'm I'm so tired of the overreaction. Like, well, we got to be sure there's no uh, backlash against the Muslims. What backlash? There's a full out, full frontal attack on Jews in this country right now and nobody is uh, willing to admit it. Corinne Jean-Pierre said, well, you know, we got to be careful. We don't have backlash on the Muslims. But it's okay to target Jews and to make kids feel unsafe in college. Good. If, if you're a Jewish grandparent, a Jewish parent listening to the show, take your kids out of these universities, particularly the elite ones. Get them out of there as quickly as possible. They're not safe there. They're not safe. And that's just the reality. It's a terrible reality. Let me take a break and try to just pull myself together because I'm just, I'm so upset. I'm so angry and so frustrated. You know, if there's a, a D on your uh, voter's registration card, just stay away from me. Coming up after me, Eric Erickson, then uh, Joe Pags and Lars Larson, and then we're fully ready for the weekend. Not that it's going to be pleasant. Um, I got one segment left. I'm going to bring Derek in. We'll talk a little celebrity nonsense because otherwise I'll probably go stark raving mad. Stay right where you are. They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But in the case of Derek Kaufman, the apple rolled all the way to L.A. The one thing Derek and his mother share in common, however, is the love for breaking news. TMZ is breaking news faster than the New York Times. So sit back and enjoy the news from Hollywood as only the Kaufman family can bring it. Well, hello, kid. I need something frivolous to end this week. This has been one of the worst weeks ever in the news, as you well know. How you doing? Yes. I'm doing okay. I don't know. When you, whenever you call me kid, you're the last person on earth who calls me kid. I'm a <laughs> gentleman in his mid-40s, but I guess I'm always your kid. You'll always be my baby. Yes, you will. But I got to tell you, these are some scary times uh, in so many different r- respects. I mean, you know, this uh, this anti-Semitism stuff going on in this country is pretty scary, Derek. You might want to consider changing your last name. Uh, listen, I, I've seen I, I, I've been very, very down this week. You know, I'm pretty sensitive to these issues in particular. And I found my mood has just been down. And you know me, I'm usually pretty upbeat and, uh, you know, in a good mood, always ready to crack a joke. And I found like a dark cloud just following me. I said, what is this all about? I've got a great family. Uh, I've got a, a, an awesome job. But it's just 
everything that's going on on the globe is is bringing me down. Yeah, it'll do that, and I, we just try to, you know, keep our our eyes on on some of the joy that you have, the beautiful family, and and all that jazz. But I got to tell you, I need celebrity gossip today. Well, let it, me give you some big news. Let me tell you about Taylor Swift because okay. that's the biggest news of the day over here. Taylor Swift is now a billionaire. She's in the three commas club uh, with all the other guys. We, uh, you know, she's up there with the Mark Cubans now. She's worth $1.1 billion. And it's incredible, and even more incredible than some musicians who reach this mark, like Rihanna and Jay-Z, who have other business ventures. She did this basically off of music alone. Maybe Paul McCartney is the only other person who's done it mostly through their music. So she's in rare company, and it's this tour. This tour has raked in so much money. I mean, in North America alone, it brought in, I think, $2 billion or $4 billion, just, just, just incredible amounts of money and a lot of it's going in her her pocket. Sorry, the Aero Store brought in 2.2 million in North America alone. Billion. So it's incredible. That is incredible. And and you know, the Kardashians did it, but they did it with products. By the way, did you get your Skims underwear? You know, I'm looking into it, but uh, have you seen the male models that she had racked up uh, to to promote this stuff she's got? Nick Bosa, the star on the 49ers, she had Neymar, and these guys' bodies don't quit. So this isn't exactly shapewear. This is just like if you're already really handsome, go ahead and put on some tight undies. So she needs to, she needs to promote some uh, shapewear for gentlemen like me. Uh, I beg your pardon. You mean the stuff that I ordered for you? is not, You're not going to wear it? I, I'll wear anything you order for me. You know that, Mom. <laughs> you still buy me my underwear after all these years. That's why I'm your baby. That's right. You are my baby. But, hey, listen, I, I, you got to give her credit. All of the Kardashians and Jenners, they, they know how to make a buck. Like, nobody's Oh, man, business. did you see her new line? She has a new line of bras with built-in nipples. Now, you yes. remember when George Clooney was in Batman, and it was a big deal that the costume had nipples, and it was a big source of, like, late-night television jokes? Right. She pulls it off. She does yeah. a whole commercial where she's got nipples built into the bras, and she's going to sell millions of them. She'll move Absolutely. so many units because she's Kim. Yeah, well, I'm not going to buy that, but uh, <laughs> I, I got I got a laugh about uh, you know looking at this this new uh, hot couple, Ariana Grande and SpongeBob. It's incredible, and and it seems to have legs. You know, Ariana yeah. Grande is is with Ethan Slater. That's his name, and he's became famous for SpongeBob the Musical, where he was the live action SpongeBob, and he really did knock it out of the park. There were very very good reviews about his performance, and he really committed to it. And now, you know, they're filming a movie together because he was able to parlay that into a film career where they're filming Wicked. And he broke up with his wife. He had a wife named Lily J. They had a young child. Uh, but he came across Ariana, who was with Dalton Gomez at the time, but she quickly divorced him. That has wrapped up. He's wrapping up his divorce proceedings and custody issues. And they seem to be happy. They're very flirtatious. You know, she's she's a superstar, and he's not quite a superstar yet, but they do seem to be going strong. Yeah, well, he will be a superstar from the looks of it. I mean, he's very talented. There's not a lot of musical um, celebrities in uh, anymore, you know, the Hugh Jackmans, they end up going t to the movies and then, um, that leaves a big void. So well, I'm glad, I'm glad hey, to see Yeah, that. listen, and it's, this is the year of the, the starlet dating the less famous person and dragging them into the limelight. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey, who was big in football circles, but now is a, you know, worldwide celebrity because he's dating Taylor Swift. I think the th same thing is happening to Ethan Slater. Yeah, looks like that. What about Britney? I mean, it, apparently now there's going to be some settlement with the dad. 
Yeah, you know, things have been really nasty with her father. Obviously, you know, Jamie Spears was her conservator for 13 years, and she's got some hard feelings about that, to say the least. So her attorney, Matthew Rosengart, has been really just, you know, litigating very intensely, even after the conservatorship was dissolved, about how badly Jamie mismanaged her money and mishandled the conservatorship. There were allegations that he surveilled her and and all sorts of stuff. Um, But now he sent an email where he said, listed out a laundry list of reasons why Jamie Spears was basically a bad guy and how he ran the conservatorship, but then said, but you're also old, so we should just settle this. You're old and getting frail, and let's just settle. And this is a far cry from the way he's been talking in court. So, you know, his attorney uh, said, it's pretty interesting to get a letter like this asking for a settlement where you sort of drag me and then say, hey, but let's uh, let's negotiate. Really? But that's that's how you lawyers operate, unfortunately. That's right. That's right. Look, at the end of the day, you know, Brittany is now going to have some cash in her pocket from selling this memoir. And if she has her bearings, she should probably want to pocket that rather than continue to spend money on lawyers. Because at the end of the day, what are you going to get from your father? I don't think he has a ton of money. Any money he has in his pocket was hers to begin with. That's true. And then finally, Arnold Schwarzenegger, determinator. Is he engaged to Heather with that giant rock on her finger? Arnold is not engaged uh, at the moment. There were a lot of tongues wagging because Heather, his you know physical therapist girlfriend, for many many years, by the way, he's been divorced from Maria Shriver for some time. Although they dragged it out a long time, they've been separated a long time, and finally finalized the divorce a couple years ago. But he's not ready to walk down the aisle yet. That doesn't say that they're not in a good place. They're a very sort of happy couple, and they go everywhere together. And she's been a great presence in his life. But uh, no no wedding bells just yet. All right. Well, listen. Um, I'm sure somebody's happy about that news. All right. Well, be be safe and take care of yourself because you know, I saw they were writing on Beverly Hills. Uh, you know, just graffiti. Uh, ugh, it's just horrible. And, oh, you read too many outlets about how bad L.A. is, and then it makes you only want to visit for uh, a week rather than a month. We need you out here, Bobby. <laughs> come, coming. I'm coming. All right, kid. Give my love to everybody. All right. Bye now. Bye bye. All right, well, that does it for me. At least he put, he puts a smile on my face. He is my baby, and I still do buy him his T-shirts and undershorts and socks. Eh, some habits die hard. Thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here on Monday at 3 o'clock, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Who knows what the news will be, but it probably won't be very good. So you can meet me back here, and if, if it be your will. <laughs> and, you, and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters. Co- what? <laughs> what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then remember, I want you to be safe. I need you to be alert at all times. There's a lot going on in the streets. If you see these uh, you know, protests and these marches, I don't even know what to tell you, but just be cautious and be careful because the emotions are running very hot out there. And, uh, you know, there's people like me who are feeling very, very threatened. And the one thing you don't want to be is a cornered person. And you don't want to meet up with a cornered person either. So just be careful. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe just uh, think before you do. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. God bless Israel, each and every one.